Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast for the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't already, we encourage you to check out our audio archive at vineyardcampbellsville.org. You can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever you like to get podcasts. And now, here's this week's message brought to you by Senior Pastor Adam Russell. Here's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to continue our Advent series in the book of Isaiah. We're spending four weeks in Isaiah just looking at really just messianic promises that Jesus would come and we're unpacking those. And we're going to do the same thing again this morning. And we're going to look at a passage out of Isaiah chapter 11. We're going to look at a few verses and really just kind of key in on one verse in particular, but before we do that, uh, I wanted to maybe maybe start with this. Uh, how many of you like surprises? Anybody like surprises? Like surprises can be pretty awesome, can't they? Yeah, I mean they can be pretty amazing. Uh, sometimes, sometimes there's nothing better than a surprise. Sometimes there's nothing better than a surprise. Um, Heather and I have had a few surprises in our life, and I just want to tell you a few stories. Uh, the first. The first really big surprise that Heather and I ever had in our life was, has really ended up being the biggest surprise that we've ever had. Uh, we were young married. We had one kid. Heather was pregnant with number two. And we had gone to the doctor, as, as you do when you're pregnant, and they had done the ultrasound machine. And they were like, hey, this is really good news for you guys. You're going to have a girl. And I thought, this is amazing. I already have a boy, and now I'm going to have a girl. And, and then we went back and got an... Got another ultrasound, and the tech was like, yeah, it's definitely a girl, and it's really healthy, and so happy, and, and then, you know, so we had, you know, girl name, girl clothes, everything was ready for the girl, and then, you know, it came for the day that this second child was going to be born, we go to the hospital, and I, I, I think Heather just sort of like popped that little baby out, and I'm looking for the girl, only, only it comes out peeing with a penis, Right? <laughs> And it's just, it was like one of the biggest and best surprises ever. And, and, it, and it, wasn't, it wasn't the best surprise of our life because, because boys are better than girls. It wasn't so much that. It was, it was an amazing surprise in such like a joy-filled moment because, I don't know, there's just something kind of fun when nature trumps like scientific technology. You know, it's like, it's like you went and like the scientists did the best that they could and they, got, they took the perfect pictures and then nature's like, no, that's really not what's happening. There's something about that that's really, really fun. Now, I think the other thing after maybe doing a little reflection this week that made that moment super fun was Heather and I decided with our first kid, River, that we were not going to find out what we were having, right? There was just going to be a surprise, you know? And so we didn't find out, and then River was born. We're like, oh, we had a son. And then on our second one, we decided we would find out, right? And so you spend nine months knowing you would find out, you trust the technology, and then in the end, you still get a surprise. And so it was just a killer moment. I was like running around the hallway with this like naked baby, you know, and then I like wrapped him up and I went back to where my parents were and, and, and I'm, I'm showing them the baby and through the glass, you know, it's like soundproof glass. I, I'm saying, it's a boy. And my mom says, no, it's not. And I'm like, 
it's a boy. And my mom says, show me, you know? So I just unwrap it and I hold it up, you know? Okay, so here's the other thing you need to know. If Seth ends up in therapy, we were all witness to the moment it happened, right? Yeah, that was just such a great moment. Okay, then, then exactly, I was thinking about it this week, exactly 10 years later, 10 years later, another giant surprise. I'm, I'm in my backyard and I'm building a barn by myself. And for those of you who know me, I'm not much of a barn builder. <laughs> I'm really not handy. I, I'm pretty terrible with tools and things. But I, I thought, you know what? I'm going to build a barn. I'm going to kind of do it myself. I'm only going to call Justin sometimes, you know? And it was one of the days that I was not calling Justin. And I'm out in the backyard. And I had, uh, I just distinctly remember this. I had, I don't know why, but I had a hammer in one hand. And I had a nail gun in the other. <laughs> Which means I was like tearing stuff up, you know? And Heather comes out of the side door of our house. We have doors all over our house for some reason. There's a door that comes to the outside of our house from our bedroom. And she comes out of the bedroom. She walks across the side yard over to where I'm building the barn. And she says to me, hey, I need to talk to you. So I'm like, okay. It had that, you know, that marriage tone of like, this is serious. It just had that tone. It was like, okay, mm, all right, what's up? And she said, and I'm still holding these things. And she says, hey, uh, we're pregnant. Now, the thing you need to know is at this point, we had three kids. We were very, very happy. Like, we had sort of like in our brains done that thing that you do at a certain point in your marriage where you go, this is our family. It is complete. We built this home on this farm. This is our ancestral land. This is our ancestral. This is how I thought about it. This is now my ancestral land. This is my ancestral home. I'm raising my family here. The, each child has a room and a place, and there's, there's, there's space for us, and it's just right. And not only that, but all the kids were old enough that they could, like, take their own showers and brush their own teeth and go to bed without me, you know? <laughs> By the way, for those of you who have young kids, the most magical day, and you never know when it's going to happen, is when your kids can take their own shower, brush their own teeth, and go to bed. You know, when you don't have to do that, you're winning. And we were, like, winning. <laughs> we are like, winning, winning. And she's like, we're pregnant. And I, and I told her, no, no, we're not, you know, and I've got these tools, you know, I think I even raised them. No, we're not, you know, this is our ancestral land. This is our ancestral home, you know, and she says, no, and she holds up the stick, the, 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 the pee thing. She holds up the, the pee stick and says, we're pregnant. And I say to her, your, your sister Kendall peed on that stick. You got you guys are punking me, you know? Uh, and I said that for a couple reasons, because, like, the only person who pops out more babies than us is, like, the Hardens, right? And, and it's the sort of thing that Kendall would do. I'm like, you guys are, you guys are punking me. And Heather says, no, no, this is, this is my pee, you know? This is our baby. And, and I remember when she said that, I, and this has never happened to me since, ever in my life. It was like a lightning bolt or something, fell on the top of my head, and it went all the way down my body, and my arms didn't work anymore. So I have these things, and I remember I wanted to put them down, and I, and I put them down like this. I went like this, 
and I couldn't, I couldn't move. And it was, it was insane, right? And so for like three days, I was sort of in this, in this weird space. Like if you read the gospel stories, especially about the birth of John the Baptist, I understand like Zachariah. Like I, I, I get it. Like poor guy. Couldn't believe, I couldn't believe it. Uh, ended up being uh, such, a, such a moment of joy. And the truth is, uh, little Rowan, number four, uh, he's the joy in our family. I'm not saying our other kids are not funny. I'm just saying they're not as funny as him, right? <laughs> and it's been amazing. Surprises are amazing. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you, uh, I've got, man, I've got too many stories this morning. I'll just tell you one more little story. Uh, this is shorter. Uh, I know a mother who might be here who will let her children go to bed and then go in and wake them up and take them to get ice cream. <laughs> Am I right? Yes. Why? Because surprises are the best, right? And, and what's the worst thing in the world to a child? Going to bed. What is the best thing in the world to a child? Ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. How good is that? I know people... I know people who sometimes cook a really, good, a really good meal on Monday and then open up a decent bottle of wine on Monday. Yeah. Why? Because sometimes convention is best overlooked. You know? Surprises can be the very best thing. Uh, not only that, but in the last couple of years, especially this year it seems like, there have been a lot of these really moving videos that have hit the internet. Have you guys seen some of these? Uh, it seems like they've popped up again in the last like three or four months. Have you all seen the, the little tiny video? It's about a minute, minute and a half long of, of the, the little boy. Maybe he's nine or ten years old and he gets these glasses. How many of you all seen this? Where he can, He's colorblind. He's like completely colorblind. And they put these corrective glasses on him and he can see color for the first time. Have you guys seen that? How many of you can watch that without feeling it? Yeah, like he instantly, and you know what? The one thing that a 10-year-old boy doesn't want to do in front of all of his other friends, he doesn't want to cry, you know? And the kid just loses it, starts crying. And it's like the best video. And then uh, earlier this week, I saw this little video. It's like maybe, a, I don't know. I never know how old babies are. <laughs> because people do that complicated month thing, you know? It's 15 months. It's like, how old is that? <laughs> Anyway, but it's this fat little baby, and it's, it's, it's you know, it's just, it's just this little, it's like a dog, Sherpa, Sharpay, you know, the little roll dogs. And, and they, put, they put, like, these safety goggles on this little, this little baby, and apparently the baby's fairly blind or whatever, or, like, significantly, you know, visually impaired, and the baby can, for the first time in its life, it can see, and the first thing it's seeing is his mother, right? And the baby just instantly smiles and starts laughing, right? It's like the best thing in the world. Yeah. Like, how are you not going to like that? Yeah. There are some things that are just around us right now. They're just, like, they're really, really wonderful. And, and some of them are rooted in surprise, and it causes people to be overcome with, with joy. And I, I've just told you all these stories this morning because uh, this is a key component of the, of the Christmas story or the Advent story as well. Uh, Jesus shows up, and when he shows up, he shows up when 
no one expects it. Like literally no one expects it. There's a few people who kind of knew what was going on and then they went and told some other people and then basically no one even came to see it. It's like he showed up in the middle of the dark. I, I love it in, in one of the gospels in particular. It talks about how uh, that Jesus was born at night. Like the light of the world comes at night. You know, this is a part of the story. Like when no one expected it, uh, the surprise of the ages, seemingly right out of the blue. And that's what we get in the text this morning in Isaiah 11. I just want to read, we could read a lot, but we'll just read five verses because this will do it. Isaiah 11, we'll read the first five verses. We're going to riff on first verse a little bit this morning. Isaiah says, out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. Isn't that a great image? How many of you would like for your family to be known as a stump? <laughs> I was just thinking about all the stumps that I knew. <laughs> I know a few. S-T-U-M-P-H. I was hoping that maybe one or two would be here. <laughs> the stump family. Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. It's funny when you know them. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. And the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. Notice that the image changes here, right? Uh, the new branch is now a person in verse 2. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. He will delight in obeying the Lord. He will not judge by appearance, nor make a decision based on hearsay. He will give justice to the poor and make fair decisions for the exploited. The earth will shake at the force of his word, and one breath from his mouth will destroy the wicked. He will wear righteousness like a belt and truth like underwear. That's what it says. That's the text this morning. Can we just put the first slide back up? Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. This is a messianic prophecy, 700 years before Jesus. And it is one of surprise and joy. It's surprise and joy because, well, for one reason, it took 700 years for this thing to come around. And how many of you know that when something takes 700 years, you, you forget about it, you know? Or, or sometimes you, you, you can let your hope grow faint, and then Jesus shows up. But I love the image that Isaiah is using here for the birth of Jesus, or the promise of Jesus, or the coming of Jesus, and it's the image of a stump. And so maybe it would be good for everybody here to think about a stump. Think about a stump. And if you think about a stump... Uh, you probably end up spending a moment thinking about the tree that preceded it, right? Or at least you should. Uh, and maybe, maybe it was a great tree. Maybe it was a really great tree. Uh, maybe it was a tree that provided fruit and shade. This summer, um, Rowan and I, we went to the zoo one day by ourselves, and we had a really great day. And right up by the gorillas at the Louisville Zoo. You guys know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. There's a really big tree up there, and it's, it's like one of the biggest around, apparently. And it's over 200 years old. It's this oak tree. You know, think about that. Like before the Civil War, this tree was already like a pretty big tree. It's like this big around, you know? Think about that. Think about a stump. 
Think about the tree that preceded it. Maybe it was a really big tree. Maybe it provided shade and fruit. But how many of you know that the stump is not a tree? And at best, it's a reminder to what was. There's a sense in which a stump is the remnant. And it's not the useful part either. It's not the good part. It's not the good piece that you could do something with. No, the useful part, the useful part is the tree itself. The parts were taken, were taken for a reason, and stumps are left behind precisely because they're not valuable or useful. And right in this place, right in the place of something being over, right in the place of the useless bits, right in the place of death, God promises new life. And not just new life, but the best kind of life. If you notice the things that Isaiah says in verses 2 and 3 and 4 and 5, uh, in verse 2 he says that this person who's coming, this new shoot, uh, this person's going to have the life of the Spirit. And then if you read uh, verses 3 and 5, you see that this person who's coming, this new shoot, is going to do righteousness and justice, especially for the poor and the exploited. Like, who does God care about all the time? Well, God loves everyone, but God really, really loves the poor and the exploited and the marginalized all the time. Like, the people who are most needy are the ones who are nearest to his heart. And we see that this is going to be a part of his justice and his reign. And then if you keep on reading, and we didn't make a slide for it this morning, but if you keep on reading, you see that this, that this new shoot growing out of a remnant stump uh, is going to bring about a new ecological order. Uh, you see things like uh, children will play with cobras and that lambs will lie down with wolves, like these things that should not happen. Like something's going to happen in the world. There's going to be such tremendous peace, such tremendous harmony take over. Like it's not just new life out of an old dead stump, but it's like the best life possible for everyone. Jesus, he is that shoot, and he is the surprise for the ages. Just put this back in to the setting of Jesus' own birth. Israel, Israel as a nation, Israel as a nation, they had lost all of their power and they had fallen. When Jesus shows up, Israel was no longer a powerful nation. The Romans were ruling everything. The Romans had taken over uh, the Romans had, uh, if you want to say it this way, cut down the tree of their glory. You know, uh, the Romans and, and in fact, previous, uh, previous uh, overlords and overseers had completely cut down the tree of their glory. And the only thing that was left of Israel was maybe uh, the, the remnant or the memory of the stump they used to be. And right underneath the noses of the power of the ages the hope of the world was born. And he was born not in the city, but in a rural stable with very little fanfare. It's the surprise of all surprises. It's a tender shoot sprouting out of a long dead stump. See, the surprising work of God is rarely flashy or overt. Let me just tell you something about God for a moment. God rarely wraps Lexuses in red bows out in the front yard. In fact, can I tell you something? He never does it. It's just not who he is. It's not his way. Instead, what he does is he wraps strips of cloth around a baby born in a barn outside of Bethlehem. 
This is what he does. This is how he upends the whole thing. And people who have a memory of trees or people who have a memory of the trees of glory of yesterday, they often overlook the green shoots that emerge today. His new work, his surprising work, his cosmos-altering work, it doesn't begin with a golden tree falling out of heaven. The new thing doesn't begin with... uh, the old thing coming back again in a new way. Instead, it's a tender shoot sprouting from a very dead root. It's also not a heavenly king on a throne. God's new work is a tiny baby held in mother's arms. This is always the message of Christmas and the coming of Jesus, that the things that God is up to are often starting out tender and small, and the truth is we could miss it. We could miss it. I also hope you know that in Isaiah's little image here of a tender shoot growing out of a dead stump, I hope you see here as well that there is some sort of a, uh, 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 an echo or a little subharmonic note of resurrection in this image. The image of a green shoot from a stump is definitely an image of resurrection. And of course, you can never separate Jesus from resurrection. You can just never do that. But sometimes what we do is we think that resurrection is just something that happened at the end, you know? Sometimes we think, oh, resurrection is just the thing that happens at the end of Jesus' story, at the end of Jesus' life. But maybe, maybe if we read Isaiah right, maybe resurrection has been with us the whole time, and maybe it's the order of things that out of death, new life begins. Stump represents the death of something. Stump represents what was dead, something something that was. And Isaiah promises that in that place, in the place of loss, in the chopped down places, the judged and condemned places, the dead places, that those places are where God would be at work. It's the paradox of the kingdom. Think about the cross of Jesus The cross of Jesus is oftentimes called the the tree of Calvary, and it's clearly a symbol of death and judgment and bitterness, but it's also a symbol of life and new birth and joy. So what is the word for us this morning? I think there's two words for us as a church this morning. Uh, Number one, for everybody here, put your trust in this green shoot. Put your trust in the tender green shoot of Jesus Put your trust right there. Uh, Don't be overwhelmed with the seeming insignificance of the shoot. Don't be overwhelmed. Sometimes Jesus looks awful feeble. Can I tell you something about Jesus? Sometimes Jesus looks really feeble in a world of giants and in a world of flashy salesmen and in a world always hungry for something new and improved in a world obsessed with strength and success. Sometimes Jesus looks feeble and small. And I want to tell you, don't worry about it. Trust the tender shoot. The other thing I want to tell you is it's easy to put our trust in other things. It's easy to put our trust in other people. It's easier to trust the oaks of politics. It's easier to trust the oaks of money. And especially in America, it's easier to trust the oaks of success. Don't do it. Trust the tender shoot. Stay with the tender shoot. Because here's what few people know about this little sprout. 
It's got a huge root system underneath it. And it's going to grow and grow and grow. Think about a stump. Think about a stump. Think about a tree that's cut down in a really big stump. And think about a tender shoot that grows out of that stump. How many of you know that that tender shoot that is growing out of the stump is, uh, it has access to that giant root system that's underneath, that's largely unseen. Again, this is an image of resurrection. There are roots in the dirt that are bringing new life out of the ground. Stay with the tender shoot. And just like Isaiah said last week, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Why? Because that tender shoot is connected to deep, deep roots. Put your trust in the tender shoot of Jesus. And the other word to us today, the other word to us is a personal word of resurrection. Here's what some of us in the room need to know. God is working in your cut-down places. God is working in the very spots where we've been chopped down to nothing. God is at work in the stumps of our lives and in the places where we think there's nothing good left, something is sprouting. Something is sprouting. You know what? Some of us, let me just, let me just get like really, really plain here. Uh, some of us have had life happen to us. You know, and it wasn't even your fault. It's just that there are parts of life that are like bigger than us. And life happened to you, and maybe you were doing really, really good, and then all of a sudden you looked up twice, and it was like it was like the tree of your life got absolutely ravaged and cut down, and there's only a stump left. And there's a sense in which it's just not even your fault. It was just like winds that were bigger than you came and blew your tree straight down, right? And you've begun to think, oh, my life is over. Well, no, here's the good news. Uh, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1. Out of stumps can grow new tender shoots. This is the work of resurrection in the very place. Now, let me tell you something else, too. Some of us here have not just had life happen to us, but some of us here have happened to life, and we just made boneheaded choices, like, Boneheaded choice after boneheaded choice. Some of us uh, went bananas and like got addictions that we didn't know we were going to get. You know, uh, some of us went nuts and spent money we didn't have. Uh, some of us, some of us went bananas and and we just we just let our like our our sexual uh, appetites just rule us and it absolutely destroyed like the only good thing we have. You know, or or. Or some of us have just like given, given in to thinking thoughts that have gone nowhere. And now like we're so depressed in the morning, we can't even get out of the bed. Like we could just play this game over and over and over, right? And it's as though the tree of our life is just gone and it feels like there's just a stump left. Can I tell you something? Here's good news this morning. The good news is that God can cause tender green shoots to grow out of old dead stumps. You know, this is the good news. This is the resurrection. You already have resurrection life living in you. For everyone who has put their trust in Jesus, resurrection is alive in you. Uh, go ahead and let it do what it does. Go ahead and let it grow something in your life and in your heart today. And, and here's the thing. Don't despise the tender shoot when it comes out. Don't get upset about a little green twig here or there when, when, when you feel like what you had before was better. 
Don't do that. Let, let resurrection do its deep work. Let it stay connected to the roots that are deeper. Uh, like, like trust the green shoot of Jesus and then trust the work of that green shoot in your life. Like let him do the things that he does. Let him do the things that he does. Some of us here just need to acknowledge that there are places where we've been chopped down and there are places where we've been laid low and, and the thing for us this morning is to just look and to see if there's not a tender shoot somewhere. Resurrection will likely begin really, really small. Hmm. I think it's here. It is so here. You know what? You know what? Sometimes the great thing about church is sometimes. Uh, because you do it 52 times a year, sometimes it's actually good. <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes there's something in the room that's a little bit more. Can you guys tell there's something extra in the room today? There's something, there's something extra here, you know? We need to lean into that just a minute. That'd be okay. Hey, if you're on the ministry team this morning, come on up. Everybody else here can stand up. Thanks again for stopping by the podcast of the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you'd like to keep up with what's happening at the Vineyard, you can follow us on social media. Until next time.